Well, hey, everybody. It's really awesome that you decided to join us from wherever you are here at Victory Life Church Online. I'm looking so forward to today's message. It's jam-packed with some revelation, some inspiration, and it's going to be an exciting series. As we start the new series, He Has a Name. So before we jump into the Word, before we jump into all of the excitement around who God is in your life, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are an amazing God, that you are ever-present that you are the great I am, that you are just here. Your being is part of the universe. You, the universe is part of you. And Father God, that you are the most high God. We declare you our God. And we just say to you, teach us and reveal more of who you are in our life today. We thank you so much for all that you have been, all that you will be, and that all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people around the world said amen and amen. Well, for those of you who have just recently joined us, a very big welcome here to Victory Life Church online platform. My name is Pastor Craig, and it's just been an awesome blessing to be able to journey with you through the Promises Made series. Now, if you didn't pick up on the Promises Made series, the series was all about um, how what Jesus calls us defines our purpose. He called us disciple. He called us uh, salt and the light. He called us overcomer. He called us so many incredible things. And those things that he called us, for those of you in the room and joining us at home, the things that he called us define our purpose. And if you haven't managed to listen to that entire series, please be sure to click on the link on the banner that's being provided for you right now, and you'll be able to listen to the Promises Made series, What Jesus Called Us, Defined Our Purpose. But now we're going to take a secondary look at what we call things. In fact, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having a look at what God, what is God, God called. When we call God a name, what does that mean? In fact, when we're going to be having a look over the next couple of weeks at all of the names of God that people have called Him and He's called himself over the years, but when we see the fact that what Jesus calls us defines our purpose, but what we call God defines our worship. What we, call, what we are called by Jesus defines our purpose, but what we call God defines how we worship him. And if we have a look at that scripture in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, it says this, beloved friends, beloved friends, what should our proper response our proper response. Now remember we had a look during the Christmas season at a series entitled Our Proper Response to Jesus. What then should be our proper response be? Have a look at what it says to God's marvelous mercies. When I have a look at God's marvelous mercies, that is His promise. So we had a look at what is our proper response, our proper response to Jesus series, to God's marvelous mysteries, promises made series, what God has called us, what Jesus has called us. And now we're going to take a look at the rest of that scripture. It says this, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be His sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Now, if you didn't get that, I was reading from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Have a look at that again. It says, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God. Uh, that's a, a form of worship. It's bending the knee to God. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be bending my knee, if I'm going to be submitting my life, if I'm going to be a living sacrifice to God, I would want to know who this God is. I would want to know what this God is all about. Who is He? What is He? Where's He come from? Where's He going? If I'm going to completely submit my family, my, my whole being, my whole life to God, surely then I should know who this God is, what He stands for, and who He is. 
We certainly can't, as that scripture says at the last part, become our genuine expression of worship. We can't worship a God we really don't know. We can't be saying to a God that we want to worship Him with our whole heart and our whole mind if our mind isn't engaged with who God is. So who is He? What is this, this God, Yahweh, that we worship? Who is He? It's not about a name we call him. It's not about a title we give him. It's about what that title, what that name represents, what it stands for. It's, it's not about who he is. It's not about what he's called. It's, it's all about who he is to us, who he is in our situation, in our lives. What is he doing? What parts of his character are being revealed? It's an amazing, moving journey, understanding that the name of God, what we call God, represents so much more than just a word or a name. Now, we've got some beautiful, beautiful children uh, in our congregations all over Victory Life. And I'm sure that many of the online members and many of the online families are at home, and they too have babies and, and little ones. And what a blessing little ones are. In fact, we, we have what, the assistant pastor here in our Boswell location. His little one is called Eden. And when we think of baby Eden, most of the congregation will go, oh, she's so cute. And when we think of, of her mom, though, we, we don't just think she's cute. We think that, hey, she's an encourager. She, she's got more to her name than little baby Eden has got to her name. Why? Because little baby Eden has only been around on the planet for a lot less time than her mom has been around on the planet. And so when we have a look at it, our reputations, our names start to incur or start to create thoughts in people's minds. And the older we get, the more thoughts they have about us the more characteristics they've been able to see, the more experience they, they see in us or lack of experience, the more wisdom they see in us or lack of wisdom. Good or bad, the older we get, the bigger our reputation becomes. Baby Eden's reputation is growing. As she gets older, people will get to know more and more about her wonderful personality and get to know more. When we say the word Eden, we won't just think cute. We will think other blessings and other characteristics as she gets older and those blessings and characteristics start to manifest. So the older we live, the greater our reputation. Now, if God has lived forever, if God has always been, if God has no beginning and no end, he is the oldest being ever. And as a result, must have the biggest reputation, the biggest presence, the biggest connotation to who he is that's affixed to his name. When we say the name of God, we're not just talking about a name with a short-term reputation. No, this is the, the reputation of the, of the being that created the entire universe. When we say God, we think creation, but we also think destruction. When we say God, we think mercy, but we also think punishment. When we say God, there's so much that we can pack in to our understanding about God because his reputation has no beginning and no end. And, and the incredible thing about God's reputation is that God's reputation has no evil in it. And so when we think of all things good, we could just keep going. And that was triggered by the thought of one name, and that is God's name. And so when we understand that God's reputation is growing, it's getting bigger, it's doing greater things, it's always doing good, the older he is, the more we can know about him, and the more divinity comes through his name. 
We want to understand and get to know in this series, not just the Hebrew or the Greek words given to God. No, we want to get to know the character attached to those words. We want to get to know that, that God is revealing himself to us and we understanding that that is God. Why? But when we give honor to what God is in our lives, that's called worship. And when we have a look at that Romans chapter 12 scripture, it's when we sacrifice ourselves and give honor to God and we reveal that God reveals more of who he is in our lives and we worship him, the greater the revelation becomes so that it actually can grow to perfect, acceptable and genuine worship of the most high God. The, the most famous moment in scripture where God reveals who he is, not just what he's called, he, he reveals who he is by what he's called, but not just what he calls, but he reveals so much more. The most famous moment in Scripture when, when he's telling people who he is and what he stands for and what his reputation is, it's in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Now, Moses, who was a shepherd boy up until then, had this moment of revelation at the burning bush. Now, it was, a, it was in the desert. This bush, bush was burning. There was no consumption of the bush. It was just burning. It was a holy. This voice comes out and says, Hey, Moses, I am my, the savior of my people. I am going to get them out of Egypt. I am going to rescue my people from oppression. And Moses looks at this burning bush and says, Well, who are you? I've got no point of reference. You say that you're going to do all of these things, but I've got no point of reference. I've got no, no understanding of the, of the reputation behind the names and the words that you're telling me, says Moses. So who must I tell these people sent me? And in verse 14, God says this. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Thus shalt you say unto the nation of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am. Of all the things that God could say to Moses, of all the names that God could give Moses, of all the things that God could say, he could have just said, I am Jehovah. I am the Lord. I am God. But no, he gave him an expression. Now, in English, I am is three letters. But in the Hebrew, the I am word, which, which is haya, is so much more than just three letters. The Hebrew haya, that, 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 that word that is, is translated from I am, that's used there, is actually the derivative that we get the word Yahweh from. In fact, in the notes, if you are looking at the notes and you, you're joining us via the online platform or you're listening to this later, you can get the notes. And in the notes, I've actually given you the, the Hebrew letters that make up this word Haya and the, the Hebrew letters that make up the word Yahweh. And it almost looks like you're looking at a capitalized version when you look at Yahweh as opposed to Haya. But Haya, the word, the Greek, the Hebrew word given to I am, is where we get the name Jehovah from. It is where we get the name Yahweh from. It comes from these words, I am. And when we have a look at what the definition of the Hebrew word Haya is, it's by definition the actual release of power so that accomplishment is assured. God, what is what God is, will be. It's the assured release. So that what he says will be. God's whole name, the whole word given to him in that moment, what Moses felt coming from that bush wasn't I am, but was that God was saying will be. 
No matter what he does, if he says love, they will be love. If he says mercy, they will be mercy. If he says that his people will be redeemed, they will be redemption. Because of who he is. He is redemption, therefore it will be. He is love, therefore it will be. That's the sense that Moses got out of that bush that day. It wasn't just, okay, I will now call you I am. No, the whole place filled up with a sense of who God was. And as a result of who God was, that was what will be. It's not what we call him. It's not what Moses learned to call him that mattered. It was what was written on Moses' face when he thought of his God. What, what courage stirred up in him when he thought of his God. What, what brave, brave actions he would take when he thought of his God. When he dwelt, when he called upon the moment that God revealed everything about him to Moses. So much came out of that moment because he was called, I am. What I am will be. What I am will be. That's the definition of higher. So that whatever God says he is, is not just a name we give him. We just say God is love. No, where God is present, there will be love. And what does that mean for us? Well, where God is present, there will be love. So if he's present in your life, there will be love coming from you because what he is will be. What he is will be. And that's why when we have a look at Scripture, it got a, kind of got a bit confusing when we try to translate Scripture out of the Hebrew. There was Moses expressing a sense, a feeling. A couple of Scriptures later, Abraham expresses a feeling. Or, sorry, a couple of scriptures earlier, Abraham expresses a feeling, Joseph expresses a feeling, Moses expresses a feeling, David expresses this feeling of who God was and as a result, who he is. And as a result, when the translators came to all these expressions, higher here and higher there, they couldn't understand why higher over here was mentioned when it was wisdom. When higher over here was mentioned when it was provision. When higher over here was mentioned when it was mercy. When higher in the New Testament was mentioned, it was, it was, it was forgiveness. And these translators got completely confused or, or rattled because they didn't know what name to give all of these revelations of what God is and will be. So to Moses in the moment, it was one thing. To Abraham in the moment, it was another and so what these translators did, and we can have a look at Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15, is they just decided to give a title to the situation so that you could make up your own mind what that title meant for you. It says this in Exodus chapter 3 verse 15. This is where it starts getting good, so buckle up. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord, which is actually a replacement of the word I am, higher, higher, the being of God is the God of your fathers. The being of God is the God of Abraham. The being of God is the God of Isaac. And the being of God is the God of Jacob. Now, the reason God had to do that and say, I'm the same God to all of these people is because all of these people had so many different revelations of who God was, who he was in that situation, how he was able to aid them, how he was able to give them faith and strength. And so he had to say that even though there are all these instances of higher all over the scriptures, it's the same God. He was actually testifying to his own greatness 
by saying, even though I was revealed and Abraham got a revelation of faith through knowing I am. And Joseph got a, a revelation of wisdom and courage through knowing I am. And Moses got a, a revelation of liberation and redemption through I am. And even though all of these I ams are being used in so many different situations with so many different outcomes, I am and it will be to Moses. I am and it will be to David. I am and it will be. And because of all of this, this crazy amount of, of reputation that came with being I am, God had to let everybody know that the same God who redeemed Moses and the Israelites was the same God who walked with faith for Abraham. It was the same God, even though this higher was such multiple different exp expressions. And, and I hope that the excitement of my heart for, the, for you getting a revelation of this is that the Old Testament is just a, 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 a grouping of all of the expressions of I am. The New Testament is a physical outward walking of who the I am is in the form of Jesus. And if we can get an understanding that it's not just God, it's not just Lord. No, it is who he is will be. And that's why these translated battled, because it was a, a moment, it was a revelationary moment for people to understand who God was. In the moment, God showed Moses that he had always been for his people. In the moment, God showed Moses that he had always been redemption. And as a result, where Moses took God, there would be redemption. For Moses, God being redemption was paramount. For, for David, God being strength was paramount. For Abraham, God being faith was everything. But it was all the same God. Now we understand why God used to say, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He was actually saying, I was multiple things. I have been multiple things. I will always be. And as a result of who I am in your situation, it will be. When you call upon the name of the Lord, you not, might not be calling out to Yahweh or Jesus. You are calling out to the fact that, hey, in my situation, God, I need you to be healing. You are healing, and therefore I need to see your healing come to be. By definition, it's the actual release of power so that the accomplishment is assured. God would be what was needed for the release of his power so that the accomplishment would be assured. To Moses, it was being that redemption so that his people would be redeemed. It, it wasn't a name or a title. It was a personal revelation in every situation. So when the Bible translators came, they found this word higher, and it referred to, to power. It referred to love. It referred to mercy. It referred to wisdom. It referred to forgiveness. They couldn't figure out a word, so they gave it a title, Lord, God. They gave it this title and hoped that you would have that personal revelation of the I am yourself. They were reading the revelation of God being in situations with the, some of the closest people that had ever been to God. They were, they were looking at the word higher for a man who walked with God. They were looking at the word higher for a man who was so close to God that he was snatched and he was taken to be with God. They were looking at, at people who got the deepest revelation of who God was and therefore what would be. And as a result, they saw this magnificent God 
of so many different qualities, of so many different abilities, of so much reputation. When I say the word God, even though I'm putting a title and a word to it, it's not a three-letter word. It's so much more, and it's so much more for you as well. People would know of God because of who worshipped Him. Think about that now from that scripture. When he said, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, they would know of Him, they would know of the revelation of who He was and what He was able to accomplish because of who He was by having a look at the people who worshipped Him. So what God did was He showed off. He said, have a look. Have a look at Isaac's reputation or understanding of me. Have a look at who Isaac is. Have a look at what's going on in his life. Have a look at how successful and blessed his life is. Well, I am his God. Have a look at, at his great-grandfather. Have a look at his grandfather. Have a look at his father. I was the God of all of those guys and all of their revelations of who I was and as a result will be. But that puts some onus on us. You see, because we could call God Lord and all day long. In fact, if you've watched the program Downton Abbey, you've probably seen a whole bunch of lords. The, the title isn't what should stir up in us our worship. That's being religious. Because we're giving a word and we're giving a definition and we're trying to limit what God is. He is saying that He is the being who is and therefore it will be. If you think about that, if you read Genesis chapter, chapter 1 in the creation account, uh, let's just pick up from verse 3. It says, God let, said, let there be light. Now, we said God said. But God didn't have to say, let there be light. He was light. So have a look in the next verse. And there was light. You see, God was and therefore it became. What He was, the assured expectation, the power that we, God had, came to be. It's how he, he gave, how Jesus came to be on the earth. God, had, God was love for the people. It's so much so that He came to be love for the people, and the, and the form was Jesus Christ on earth. You see, it says in verse 6 again, Then God said, that's just a word, Let there be a space between the waters. And so it happened. Let there be a place, and so it happened. What God is comes to be. But often, we need to go on a journey to unpack all that God is so that we can understand all that He wants to be in our lives. How many of you know that we know that God heals and that He is healing? But we sometimes struggle to see the manifestation of that healing in our lives. It's not because God is not being the I am for your healing. It's that we have to go on a journey of understanding that revelation, understanding the healing that God is, not something He does. You see, that's the thing. We often think of God in something that He does, not that it is who He is. We think that God loves us. It's something that He perfunctory He does for us. No, He is love for us. We sometimes think of healing as, well, yeah, God can heal. It's something that He does. No, God is wanting you to be well. He is healing. I've got to earn my forgiveness so God can issue a heavenly decree that there's forgiveness for this person. No, no, no. God is forgiveness, therefore there is Forgiveness when you understand that you worship God. When we worship God, we call upon His name. 
We're calling upon who He is so who He is can become. When we see it becoming, we want to worship Him some more so that we're giving Him more credit. We get more revelation by calling upon His name of who He is. And when we get more revelation of who He is, more of it can come to be in our lives. And we get into this I am who I am cycle of just going back to God. That is why getting to know God is an expression of worship. But worship comes from revelation. When we know who God is, we'll know how to worship Him. When we know what He is in our lives, we'll get more revelation of what He's doing in our lives. As a result of what He's doing in our lives, we worship Him some more. And so the cycle of the I am continues. Have a look at how Jeremiah puts it, and it's quite interesting. When you jump into verse 3 and 4 of chapter 11 of Jeremiah, there's a story there. It's telling about Moses commanding the nations of Israel and, and sending them out of Egypt, pretty much picking up the story from, from Genesis chapter 3. It's just a different kind of account. And God says this in the latter half of verse 4. He says, Obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So, as a result, so shall you be my people and I will be your God. Now, if the word higher means be, well, then there's two different types of be in that scripture. The first one, let's start with God. Let's start with the easy one because we've been discussing it. I will be higher your God. I, I will be God to you. Because I am God, you will see me as God. Because I am love, you will see love in your life. I am who I am. And as you get this revelation, you'll worship me, get more revelation. You'll see more of me. You'll, that I am who I am cycle will start to flow. God didn't say, I'm becoming your God. God didn't say, I'm becoming love. I'm kind of working on figuring out how, how to forgive you. When you've done a few more things, I'll figure out how to forgive you. So that's not what God's saying. God is saying, I am. I'm already decided to love you. I am being love. It is who he is. It's who he was, who he is, and who he always will be. And as a result, love will always prevail because God is love. Forgiveness will always be present because God is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Even Jesus Christ called himself the I am in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so when we have a look at this, God isn't trying to work on trying to forgive you. No, he is who he is. He is who he is, and as a result, will be. Am I making sense? I hope I haven't lost you at home. I hope at home you, you're still following me and you haven't gone, huh, and switched to a different channel. Because God is a personal revelation to you. And I'm struggling to find words to express what God is because he's a personal revelation to me, which happens deep on the inside of me. And so he is my God, says Jeremiah chapter 11. Let's read it backwards now. So God is higher. He is already being God. But when we have a look at the Hebrew word that says, you will be my people, it's a different be. This Hebrew word, as I hope I say it correctly, we hit him, is meaning that you will become, that your eyes will be opened. There will be more and more revelation of how you are to be my people. So God is saying, I am God. That is who I am. But as a result of you getting to know me, that's going to be a gradual process, and you will become the bee. You will slowly but surely become. You will slowly but surely become and have the mind of Christ. You will go through a revelation process where you will get to know the bee. And eventually, 
You will be with me in heaven and you will be mine and you will be in my presence so much so that you won't be becoming anymore. You will be part of the bee. You will be in my presence. It will be so real that it will be tangibly there. There will be full revelation of who I am and as a result, full revelation of what I am doing and will do. These two bees show us that we are to be in constant worship to get greater revelation of who God is. Our worship doesn't make God who He is. Our worship reveals to us who God is. We often think that the way I live my life will make God forgive me. The way I do things will make God be merciful to me. No, God is already merciful. God has already forgiven you. Now you need to go on a journey through worship of revelation of that forgiveness in your life. You're not going to make God love you any more or any less by what you do. He is love. He already loves you. The love of God exists in your life. All we are going through is a process of becoming, of getting more revelation. And we get revelation through worship. Romans chapter 12 says, When we know who God is, we will be willing to sacrifice ourselves and worship Him as a genuine expression of worship. God's name to you is the depth of who He is in the moment. God's name to you is the depth of who He already is in the moment. People sometimes walk around and they, in this new age theology, they kind of say, well, we are all collectively God. Humans have created God. No, no, we are making ourselves the higher and God the becoming. We are making ourselves the I am and God the one that needs to warm up to what we want God to be. No, no, God is who he is. I am who I am and as a result, who I am will be. God was love, and as a result, Jesus came. The result of who God was resulted in God being amongst us. God is the I am. He always will be. He always has been. He will never change. What we need to do is get on a worship-filled revelation path of seeing of who God is so that we can see who God is being in our lives. We can see who God is in forgiveness so we can have the forgiveness in our lives. We can see God who He is in healing so we can see the healing in our lives. And we do that through worship. Because what He is will be. What He is, we can call upon. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, God says, I am wisdom. If you call upon wisdom, I will give you wisdom because He is wisdom. In Psalms 86 verse 5, He is salvation. So therefore, if you call upon Him, you will and get revelation through worship. Call upon revelation through worship. Call upon the name of God. If you call upon the name, He will give you forgiveness. You will be forgiven. Those who call upon this being who is forgiveness will see forgiveness in their lives. It's not just He calls light. There is light because He has power. No, He is light. So therefore, there will be light. That's why we can say, God is love. And when we understand that God is love, we see his love in our lives. In Isaiah 41 verse 13, it says, Be brave because I am your right hand and I will help you. It says in Isaiah 49 verse 26, Be saved because God is the Savior. 
He's not coming to be the Savior. He's not going to be your Savior just for three years of ministry. He is the Savior. Therefore, when you call upon worship and revelation, call upon Him as the Savior, you are saved because what He is will be. And as we take a look over the next few weeks, all we're going to be having a look at is some of the names, some of the Hebrew words that have been attached to this all-being, all-doing God. You see, if we go through Scripture, sometimes the word Elohim is attached to I am. Sometimes the word Abba is attached to who I am. Sometimes there are other names and connotations given to the I am. But at the root of it, I am means I will be what I am and what I am will be. And when we get a revelation of that in our lives, a personal revelation of that in our lives, then we start to worship more. The more we worship, the more we get revelation. The more we worship, the more we get revelation. The more we worship the I am, the more there's revelation of the I am. And so the I am, who I am, begins to happen in our personal lives. The moment we try and give God a title, a name that we can help and everybody can have the same understanding of who God is, that's called religion. I have a personal understanding of who the I am is in every situation of my life. And I know that you have a personal revelation of every single situation that I am has stepped in in your life. They are not the same. They will never be the same. But they are the same God. And we worship Him in the same way through Jesus Christ. That's the wonder of Father. Is that even though there was the Lord name placed in the experience with Abraham... There could be the Lord name placed in my experience with God. There could be the Lord name placed in your experience with God. But when we see that word for you, there's a vibration of worship and revelation of what God is in that situation. And only you can have that I am. Only you can have that higher. Only you can have that be in your life. That's the wonder of God. That's how big he is. He's not just Big because he's got love perfected, because he's got righteousness perfected. No, he's got love perfected in your situation, which looks very different to love perfected in my situation, which looks very different to righteousness perfected in your situation, to righteousness perfected in my situation. That's why God is, I am who I am. To Moses, he was redemption. And as a result of Moses believing in that name of redemption, his people were redeemed. To you, you might need the name of God today to be healing. And as a result, healing is released in your life. Go on a path of understanding who God is for you and with you. That's called revelation. And as you get more revelation of who the I am is in your life, you will want to worship the I am for all that he is in your life. That is the wonder of who God is. And as we journey over the next couple of days and weeks, we're just going to be having a look at some of the aspects. We're going to try and maybe help you with some lenses on how to look at some of the instances that God might have been in your life as you've journeyed with the great I Am. The great I Am loved you so much. His love is who He is. He didn't have to think it up. He didn't have to make it up. He didn't have to try and make it happen. No, He is love. And so when He sent His only begotten Son, that was the I am being love. And as a result, the perfect revelation of that love being birthed out of the I am's power in the form of Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus Christ said, keep doing this so that you will remember that I am. Jesus was the I am. He was part of the Godhead. He was also part of the I am. And even though we gave him a different name, Jesus, he was still part of this God that would reveal and be all God was. Jesus revealed every aspect of who God was to man. He didn't just say, God loves you. No, he demonstrated the manifestation of God's love by coming to earth. And while he was together, he did something called communion that we now call communion to celebrate all that God was in the form of Jesus Christ. Even though that form had to die, even though that form had to be buried, he was resurrected and risen. Why? Because the great I am said that there would be life, and the I am is life. Therefore, there was life for Jesus after the grave, a divine, eternal life. And that same statement is true to you today because of the great I am. So no matter where you are, no matter what you've got right now in your hand, maybe it's a piece of bread, some water, maybe it's some coffee, a piece of gum. I'm not trying to demean the, 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 the celebration of communion, but it doesn't take a specific wafer or a specific type of juice. No, it takes a heart of worship and revelation to accept that Jesus' body was broken for you. Take, eat, and know that it was for you because he wished for you to have redemption. On the night in which he died, he poured a cup and he said, you will all share with me. You will all go through the things that I go through. As we get more revelation of who God is, we're going through God, with God, the things that he goes through. We get to understand that he goes through mercy. He goes through forgiveness. And that covenant that you can have that mercy and forgiveness is not a gift from God. It is God. It's not something he decrees and issues. No, it, you receive that forgiveness and redemption when you understand that God is forgiveness and redemption. For whatever situation, you need that forgiveness and redemption. And so take drink and know that Jesus loves you. Let's pray together after receiving communion. And uh, we'll then set up for what's happening over the week and the weekend. Father, we just thank you so much for being these things. You're not some postmaster that sends out these things. You are love. You are forgiveness. You are mercy. You are all the goodness in our lives. And today, through a personal revelation of who you are in our lives, in every personal situation, we say thank you. And we give you worship. And we know where there's worship, there's greater revelation. So we stand ready to get more of the I am operating in our lives. We thank you for being able to be in unity with you, in common union with you. Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ so that we could be, have a revelation of who you are. Not what you've asked us to do, not tasks that you've given us, but who you are in our lives. Father, we love you and we honor you and we worship you. Reveal more of who you are to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. I hope this first message of the series has excited you to get stuck into the Word. We're going to be journeying next week through the name Elohim and Abba, which is always attached to the I Am. And we're going to see what kind of lens that puts on understanding who God is, not what He is called. So even though He has a name, He is the I Am. Looking forward to that in our next week, midweek session this weekend. 
Pastor Dwayne is back in the house as he starts a brand new series entitled Made Right by God. So make sure that you tune in, have a look at the schedule, and you'll be able to see when we broadcast the weekend service as well as next week's messages. Thank you so very much for being with us. Looking forward to seeing you again really soon here at Victory Life Church Online.